Today's scripture reading comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 23. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the voice of truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit of God's guarantee, the Spirit of God guarantees us that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given those he called, his holy people who are rich in glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Before I start my message this morning, I want to, to um, I want to tell you something that I want you to be in prayer for, in prayer that God's will will be done in this situation as well, and, and that is with Brian. Brian is our youth director, and, and uh, he came to us kind of unexpectedly, just kind of fell out of the sky, I think, and um, um, Brian, since he has been our youth director, is really feeling the call of God on his life to be in ministry. Um, maybe maybe more full time. He's 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 exploring those areas. He has made application to go to Iona, Scotland, which is a small island in Scotland, um, to be to be with the bishop and some others that are exploring the call of ministry, whether it be lay ministry or whether it be um, um, a, a cho- a chosen as a vocation in ministry. And um, that will be in the, at the end of uh, May, first of June. And so be in prayer for that his application will be accepted so that he will be able to go. If you know Brian, if you don't know Brian, you need to get to know him because he is an awesome young man. And um, uh, just just the, the dedication and the love that he has for the kids that I have seen. Uh, he gets them and, and brings them in on Wednesday nights. And, and the dedication love that I have seen has just been awesome. So I just want to want to commend, commend Brian and I want to get you to pray that his application will be accepted. I want to also help him get there. It's only going to be $750 for his trip there and back and the conference is picking up the rest of it if he is accepted so so just be in prayer for for him and that all of this uh, goes the way that god would have it to go and i know that god will bless so thank you brian for everything we talked we brian read today about paul's letter to the ephesians and paul's letter to and paul's letter to all of the churches he would start out his letter his letters were saying I thank my God every day for you. 
for the work that you do and for, for this. And sometimes he'd have to go and admonish them. Sometimes he'd praise. And sometimes he did both. Most of the time he would do both. He'd praise the churches for what they had done. But he, and, 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 I mean, he, and then he would, would talk to them a little bit and try to get them motivated to do a little bit more, to do a little bit something different that they need to do. And so um, in his letter to Ephesians, he starts out and he gets way into chapter 1 before he gets to the part that he says, I thank my God for you. But there was a reason for that because he needed to talk to the people of, of, of Ephesus about hope. He needed to let them know that there was hope and that that hope came because they had the promise of the Holy Spirit that was sealed upon them. As he looked to the church in Ephesus, he looked and he saw and he knew that the, the, the church was founded with Gentiles. Founded with Gentiles, not Jews like the disciples. But founded with Gentiles, but he found that the Gentiles there in Ephesus loved the Jews just as much as they loved their own people. Because they knew that they were their own people. They knew that no matter who it was, that God had created them and God had brought them together to be the church. But sometimes being the church, sometimes being a Christian, sometimes being a mom or a dad or a son or a daughter or a student or a worker, whatever those that, that your role may be, sometimes that gets to be very difficult and sometimes we tend to lose hope. Sometimes we tend to lose hope. But Paul was coming and saying, you've got to have hope. You've got to keep the hope that's been sealed on you, the hope or the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to give us power. Power not to sit in a pew, but power to go out and to make disciples and to love those that are unlovable, to, to welcome those that, are, that, that nobody else will welcome, to, to reach out to those with love and, and, and compassion that seem like nobody else will do. And sometimes... The one that needs to be reached out to with love and compassion. That it seems like no one else will reach out to is you. Or me. Or the choir. Musicians. The youth director. Those people sometimes are cast out. You sometimes feel like you're cast out. That you're not part of the church. That you're not part of the family that God has brought together. But in Ephesians, Paul tells his church that you are and you have that hope. He says you are the body of Christ. You, the church, is the body of Christ. And in the body of Christ, we are all together as one. In our families, we must be all together as one. In our workplaces, we must be all together as one or nothing works out like it's supposed to be. In our lives, we must be together as one with God. In order for it to work out the way that it needs to. We work in our lives and we try to make things go just the way that they should go. Everything should be just perfect the way that I want it to be. Everything should be just perfect the way that I want things to work out. But you know sometimes God's plan is different than what my plan is. Or yours. And just because we go through some struggles and hard times and we think that, we, that we've lost our last hope and that there's nothing else that we can do, God is still saying to us, like he said to the church at Ephesus, he says, I give you the hope of the promised Holy Spirit, the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. If you are sealed, you are branded with the Holy Spirit in your life and he has come to give us power.
to give us power to live our lives according to the way that God would have us to live our lives, to give us power to be the hands, the feet, to be the the eyes, the ears, and mostly to be the heart of the body of Christ. We have a duty and a job to love Him, to serve Him. We have a duty and a job to live according to that seal that has been made upon us that we can know and we can accept that God loves us just as much as He loves anyone else. And that with the power of the Holy Spirit, He can do a work in and through us just like anyone else. Just like anyone else. When I was in junior high, I was the president of our youth group. We had a little bitty church. And we had more youth in our church than we had adults in our church. And those adults were so supportive of us. So supportive of us. And as the president of the youth group, God had impressed upon me that we needed to be a people of Jesus Christ. Even as young people, even as youth, we needed to be the people of Christ. I don't like for someone to tell me the youth are the church of the future. Because the youth are the church of today. Just like you are. All of you are youth, I know. But just like you are, you are The youth are the church of today. They're part of the hands and the feet and the body of Christ. They're part of the heart that makes the church tick. They're part of the the, the hands that take take mission out to the field. They're part of the feet that walk and, and, and and find those that are lost and dying and bring them in to that love, to the power of Christ. When I was in youth... I was 14 years old and I preached my first sermon. And in the denomination that I was in, they used to really, really long sermons, like, you know, 45 minutes sermons, not services, sermons. And I preached for 15 minutes and they laughed at me and I knew then that I was not called to preach because they laughed at me in my sermon when I was 14. And then I became involved with the United Methodist Church, and they like 15-minute sermons. Amen. And I thought, yes, I can do this. I am called to preach. God places the seal of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. He has called us. And it may take us 25, 30 years in order to understand that calling has been placed upon our lives, but we must continually seek that calling. We must continually seek out God and know what it is that God is wanting us to do. And how is God wanting to make an impact on our lives that we can make an impact on others? Because God first has to work within us. God first has to work within us. And as He works in us, and as He changes and melts and molds our hearts, as He gives us the strength and the knowledge and the courage that we can stand up and we can say, I know that God is leading me into this area or into that area. As we stand up and we do those things, God will honor the stamp and the seal of the Holy Spirit that is upon us. Paul told the church at Ephesus, you are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. What 
better hope can we have as Christians than to be sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit? What better hope can we have as Christians that God will give us the wisdom and the strength to go and to do the work that He has called us to do, to be the people that He has called us to be, to be the church that He has called us to be, to be the son and daughter to our God that He has called us to be. Sometimes you may feel like giving up. Sometimes you may think that it's not worth it. Sometimes you may think with family situations, with, with job situations, with everything that, that's going on around you that seem to come crushing and barrel, barreling down on you and seem to, to do nothing but, but just cause you grief and, and anguish. We feel like there is no hope and that God doesn't care. I'm a product of no hope and that God doesn't care. And many of you may be a product of no hope and a feeling that God doesn't care. But God wants you to know today that you have the brand of the Holy Spirit. And accepting that brand, accepting that seal of the Holy Spirit in your life, you have all the hope you will ever need. You have all the hope that you will ever need, whether or not you ever feel it from an individual, which we should. We should feel it from our church family every single time we get together. We should feel hope and encouragement. But when things are going bad for me, they're going bad for you, they're going bad for this one and that one, when we get together, we don't have much hope until we look to God. And when we look to God, that hope is there and that hope comes to us and that hope begins to get us up and to get us going and to encourage us and to find that in that hope with the seal of the Holy Spirit, we have the power to have victory over the, the, the things that the devil has brought against us. David talked about this morning about we look around us and we look at Facebook and we look at the internet we look at the news we look at all this stuff and we're doomed there is no hope for us there is no hope for us but when we look to God when we look to God we have all hope all promises all of his glory is being passed down and poured out upon us through the blessings that he has for us. Today we will celebrate communion. And when we come and celebrate communion, we find that in the blood and the body of Christ, as is represented in our, in our juice and in our bread, we find that in that blood and body of Christ that we are filled once again with the hope that God has to give to us. And that hope that he has for us, we know that we are filled with his love. Let that hope be restored in you when you come to the altars today. If you have felt like the weeks, the, the weeks passed and the days passed, the months passed, the past year, I'm telling you there's been so much hate going on in this world the past year that it's, it's easy to get into a hopeless world. But as you come to the altars today, let go of all of that and receive the hope 
that he has for us once again. What is that hope? That hope is the power of the Holy Spirit. That hope is the power of the Holy Spirit that can change your life, the life of those that are around you that you love with all of your heart, and the life of all of those that you meet on a daily basis. God has given to us the gift of his hope, the gift of that seal, the gift that tomorrow is going to be a better day if we just put our hope and our trust in him. Let our faith be made known. Let our faith be made known as Paul would encourage the church. Let our faith be made known first to God and then to those around us. In my Bible, I read this this morning. According to Wesley, faith in Christ is necessary not only for salvation, but also for sanctification. Sanctifying faith is a gift from God given to Christians as they voluntarily continue to grow in their faith. In this sanctifying process, good works in the life of the Christian become a lifestyle, not an obligation. Good works, works of mercy and piety, are tangible expressions of God's redeeming love, working in the lives of the believers, leading them to reflect God's love in all of their actions. In this way, sanctifying faith is the essential element for holy living, which is living a life filled with love for God and neighbor. Sanctifying faith faith is personal and social. Personal as it enables individuals to overcome private weaknesses and struggles. Social as it points out the need for community in developing a healthy understanding of the Christian faith. Calls for denouncing social evils and promotes the redemption of social structures. Faith is personal and it is social. It is our faith that will make a difference in this world. You think we're just small. We can't do much. But we're huge. As God used Jesus Christ, His Son, one man, to save the world. He will use you as you let your faith become, made, become stronger and stronger, he will use you to save the world. To save the world. At Ephesus, they received the outcast. And God blessed. At Ephesus, they were down without hope. God reminded them of their hope in the Holy Spirit. And they were blessed. May we, as a church, as we come and empty and pour out our hearts to the Lord this morning at communion, may we feel and receive the blessings of God that he has for us. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. He offered it to God. He blessed it. He broke it. 
to take and eat, for this is my body, which is broken for you. Breaking the bread is one of the most dynamic things I can ever do as a pastor. Because it shows our brokenness, our brokenness, as we come back to, together in the body of Christ, we become one again. There may be scars, it may be jagged, but we become one. The body of Christ broken for you. On the same night when they had finished supper, as they were reclined around the table, Jesus took the cup. He offered it to his Father, to God. He blessed it. And he offered it to his brothers and sisters, the disciples and those that he loved, and said, Take. And drink this and drink all of it. For this is the blood that has been poured out for you. The price, the atonement for the sins, for your sins, for mine and the sins of many. He said, take this and drink it. And as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. The blood of Christ. The table of the, of the Lord is open up in our church to all. You do not have to.